Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to everyone listening today how much you truly love each and every one of them. In addition, I pray that everyone listening would have favor with both God and man. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 26, beginning in verse 1. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The lazy man says, there is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tail-bearer, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail-bearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross. 
He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Friends, today I'm going to take a brief look at verse 8. It says, Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Now, friends, I'm one who I would adhere and recommend that what people do is if you ever see someone doing something well, that you compliment somebody and say, wow, I really like the way you did that. That was really good. And as a former teacher, I used to do that all the time. I would look for kids doing something right, whether it is academically or if they were treating someone in the class kindly, and I would compliment them. But this verse is saying, uh, do not give honor to a fool. And, you know, there are some verses in the Bible, and I ask myself, why is that in the Bible? And then I remind myself, is every word in the Bible, every single one, is inspired by God. So I'm asking myself, well, there's got to be a reason why this particular verse is in the Bible, because although common sense tells you that you shouldn't praise or honor a fool for doing something foolishly, obviously there are times when people must do that. So I'm going to suggest that you don't do that, but I would like for you to listen to Proverb 3, 27. And that verse says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. And this is what I made reference at the very beginning. If you see someone do something well, it is okay to give them praise if it is due to them. Hopefully that will help somebody out there. Today we're going to continue our study on the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to look at chapter 18 today, and I'm going to go over three passages of Scripture. If you look at chapter 18, it's broken into five passages. The first one is called, Who is the Greatest? The second one, Jesus warns of offenses. The third, the parable of the lost sheep. Fourth is dealing with a sinning brother. And the fifth is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Now the last one, the parable of the unforgiving servant, I will be going over in my next, um, my next study on the parable. 
and that won't be this Friday, it'll be next week. But I'm going to look at three of these. First of all, who is the greatest? And I'm going to read this entire passage. It begins in verse 1 of chapter 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. My first question that I have is why were they concerned with who is the greatest? I really kind of think that goes totally against why Jesus came and the lesson he was trying to teach his disciples, because Jesus basically was a servant, and he felt his job was to serve. And he goes over that in numerous scriptures, is that man came not to be served, but to serve. So this passage talks about the importance of humility. Now, friends, my Bible is the Nelson Study Bible, and I want to go over the commentary in this study Bible for this one particular verse. But this entire passage, these first five verses in chapter 18, speak about the importance of having humility. And in this passage, Jesus outlines five reasons that humility is essential. And if you have a piece of paper to write notes, I would encourage you to write these five things down. But number one, for entrance into the kingdom. If you are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must enter with humility. Number two is for greatness in the kingdom. And we talk about God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So for those in the kingdom of God to be the greatest, they have to have an attitude of humility. Number three is to prevent offenses. Now, I want you to listen to that. Because if you are prideful and if you are walking around with that prideful spirit, offenses are going to come very easily for you and you will be easily offended. But if you have a humble nature about you, then you are not going to be quick to be offended. Number four, to carry on proper discipline in the church. And friends, we're supposed to have discipline in ourselves. We're supposed to have self-control. And five is for forgiving one another. 
and I'm going to mention this, and I often do, is friends, people are (coughs) going to wrong us. And so we need to be quick to forgive people if people do things against us and we are not to take offense. We need to be quick to forgive people. Next, I'm going to go to uh, Jesus warns of offenses. And this is something I really kind of want to go over a little bit because I know in today's world, I know many people are quick to take offense. And I wish that were not so, but I see it on a regular basis that people are easily offended. And when people tend to get offended with someone, they don't want anything at all to do with them. They're not quick to forgive, that's for sure. But a lot of times they just shun those people and don't want anything else to have to do with them. So let's begin in chapter 18 of Matthew, beginning in verse 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, friends, he's talking about something very extreme here. I want you to think about this. Jesus is saying this isn't something to be taken lightly. Listen to what he's saying. If you offend someone. Now, here they're talking about little children, but friends, I believe the overall statement Jesus trying to make is any believer in Jesus. Do not do things that are going to offend anyone. But he's saying, if you do that, it would be better if you put a rope around your neck with a heavy stone and drown into the sea than to do that. I think that is a very strict warning that we should listen to. For offenses must come. It doesn't say that they might come. It says they must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. And listen to this. This has always been very sobering to me as well. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And here he's talking about hell itself. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Friends, the last thing I want to talk about is dealing with a sinning brother. And this is when you see a fellow Christian and you see him sinning. So let's go over beginning in verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, 
Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. What he's telling us we don't do is go to another person and talk about what this person did to you. That is gossip. Jesus is being very strict here. He's saying, go to the person who offended you. Do not go to the teacher. Do not go to anyone else, but go to your brother and see if he will hear you. And it says, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. And you did not want to be considered either a heathen or a tax collector. That means that you were not in right relationship with Jesus. And let's close. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And binding on earth are those things which we are not allowed or supposed to do, and the things that we loose are the things that are allowed. And let's begin in verse 19, because here we are talking about the church. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So friends, this talks about the importance of actually going to a local church, the gathering and the assembling together. And whenever we have a group of people meeting, that God is going to be there. And that is why many times when we go to a church service, you can sense the presence of God. You can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this verse is talking about. My call to action is very simple today. I want you to think about what I said earlier on this podcast. I want you to ask yourself a very important question. Are you quick to take offense. And I really want you to give that some serious thought because friends, a lot of times people may be well-meaning and they may say things that you don't want to hear. They may catch you off guard, but I truly believe a lot of times people aren't meaning it in a harmful way. They may not be aware of what they're asking you to do or they're saying to you. So ask them what they mean by that. Do not be quick to take offense. I just want you to think about that. And finally, the suggested scripture reading for today 
would be to reread Proverb 26, which was a wonderful proverb, and also reread chapter 18 of Matthew in its entirety. I did not go over the parable of the lost sheep or the parable of the unforgiving servant, but you will hear me talk about these again at some point. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening to this podcast today and you've never taken that step, or if you don't feel really close to God right now, and if you want to draw closer to Him, you would like a closer relationship, I invite you to repeat this prayer as well. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to earth for me. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come to earth and die on a cross so that all of my sins would be forgiven. I deserve to die. I did. I was in sin. I am a sinner. And yet you took my place on that cross. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on that cross and you were buried in the grave for three days. But on that third day, you arose from the dead. Hallelujah. And you are alive today and seated at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. I ask that you lead me and guide me from this day forward. Jesus, thank you for saving me of my sins. I want to make you Lord of my life. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer, or if you have any questions about anything you heard on this podcast today, please go to my webpage, Bill, uh, Wisdom Today, BK, those are my initials, dot com, BK, Bill Kelly. There is a contact tab at the top of the page. Click on that contact tab, simply write your name, and there is a space where you can ask any question you want or inform me that you did say that prayer. As well, if you go a little bit further down, you actually have the ability to send a message orally to me that I would be able to hear. Anyway, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, tomorrow is Testimony Day. I invite you to join me and a special guest as we further explore wisdom today.